Okay, thank you all for joining us. Um, this is the uh, housekeeping announcement. This is the last Musabat after Pesach. Um, so get as much shalom as you can. But um, really, this is this is for Rabbi Herbert because Rabbi Herbert enjoys hearing from people in person over here standing from the podium. So really, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a schus for us to be able to be mishpatev in Rabbi Herbert's um, what he went through over the past month. This past Sunday, I believe, was the shloshim of Rabbi Herbert's daughter Esther Shoshana, Allah Shalom Basar Chaim Yosef. And the Limanat Torah, the, the learning and the chizuk that we get from tonight should be a schos for her neshama for the whole mishpacha. Um, Rabbi Herber's daughter, um, as a daughter of Rabbi Herber, when I spoke to Rabbi Herber when he came back from Philadelphia, Rabbi Herber said to me, she was a lay type. She had a good heart. She always was. I remember a few months ago, actually, she was here visiting, right? And uh, she was trying to encourage her father to come join them in Philadelphia. But she was always, I, would, I heard from her conversations with, with different people that she had here, <clears throat> just how much, not how much, but a glimpse of her late time of just wanting to do what's good for Yenem. And Rabbi Herber, who uh, needs no introduction to St. Louis, he is St. Louis. And um, it's not... It's nothing to sneeze at. If we could say that we in St. Louis have a Talmud of Rabari, a Talmud of Rabari and Cutler for four years, four years of a Herber? How many years were you a Talmud of Rabari? Not <laughs> nine and a half years to say we have a Talmud of Rabari and Cutler with us that we could dive in with, that we could learn with, is something that we take a lot of pride in. And a Talmud Chochem Tsar is our Tsar. And as Hashem, you and your whole mishpacha should have a nechama, and the sus should be she should be a melitza yoyisha for you after the ganz mishpacha and ganz chali yisrael. And it's uh, Rabbi Benun doesn't need an introduction. He's the Rish Chabura of the Dafa Shavua Chabura in the base measures. But uh, Baruch Hashem, his his chachman, his being the talmud chacham is something that is deserving of being able to share with us in the rechizuk. Yeah, my second time. I don't want to be in there just for a third time. No. Making myself. Thank you very much for visiting me. And uh, I have to say that, you know, to speak after uh, Rabbi Spiro, famous author, famous speaker, famous Makana, I have to say this, you know, I, I feel touched. <laughs> but um, you know, for those of you I don't know if you know, but uh, before I came here, I went to Nair Lalaf. Actually, the Rabbi team. We were in Nair Lalaf. The Nair Lalaf is a training seminar, basically for going out of town. And they teach us various things. They teach us how to fundraise, how to build a mikvah. Actually, I didn't eat her here yet. But um, but the, one of the most fascinating things that they teach us is actually public speaking. And one of the, and one of the things it was like a subtle message, uh, Rabbi Yom, and I don't know if you got it. Is that they had to speak every speak they would speak to each other to practice and one of the things they were extremely strict about was every speech had to be between three and five minutes and it was better if you could do two minutes but if there was a subtle message there and that was that if you're going to speak for more than five minutes no one's going to listen 
So um, everyone's hoping not setting me up to fail. We're at 14 minutes and we'll see some people in the back, right? Oh, no, everyone's still listening. But uh, you know, we'll try. Rashi, in the beginning of the sixth parsha, brings down a, me uh, a medrash. The medrash says like this, it's a cryptic medrash. The medrash says, we're talking about, we're just coming off the laws of purity and impurity, Puma and Tyra, that we talk about <coughs> for animals. And um, and then we start, in this week's parsha in Kazir, we start talking about um, the, the ritual purity and impurity of, of <coughs> our people. You know, a person, person becomes a Metzaira, you know, gets leprosy, a person gives birth, lady gives birth, different laws of so the measure says as follows, just like man was created after everything in creation, so too, so too the laws of purity and impurity of man are given after those of animals and those of the rest of the creation. So it seems very strange. Okay, like, yeah, the laws of purity and impurity and the, the, yeah, it has to do with creation. What's going on over here? So the says that from your basic salons, we got an introduction when we have a, um, Chrome was here. We got an introduction already, so I need to do an introduction. But um, he says as follows beautiful answer. He says that the Medrash is coming to give an answer to a question. The law, it's very interesting. When you look at the laws of purity and impurity, you know, if an animal is impure, it stays impure. It doesn't become pure. There's no flexibility. It's If it's impure, it's impure. If it's pure, it's pure. That's it. Yeah. If you have a sharet, you have a rodent, right? If it's impure, it's impure. There's no, there's no fluctuation. There's no changing. But by a person, one day a person could be walking around 100% pure. The next day, all of a sudden, he's a mitzayra. Everyone's running away from him, right? He has to run out of the eh. Next day, he touches it. He's pure, fine. He's good. Eh? He brings karvanis. He brings his sacrifices. And then, oh, he, now he touches a dead body. And now he's uh, impure for seven days. It's very strange. Why, why does it fluctuate? And, and not just that, is that you know the, the impurity of animals is much more is much more lenient than the impurity of people. People could be by a mitzvah, by a leprosy. You know we have mainly in this as is talking about is he could be impure for extended periods of time for months until it becomes until until it gets healed or for if he touches a dead body he could be impure for seven days. So what's the reason for this distinction? So he answers is that we have to really look at why was man. This is what the measure is coming to answer. And the Medrash is saying, look at why man was created after all creation. And if you look at the, the Zayar, the Zayar says that the reason why man was created after all creation, we know that the purpose of creation was for man, was for, for a person who's able to choose and do, the, do what Hashem wants and to bring Kedusha to the world and closer to Hashem, not for animals. So why was a person created at the end? So the Zayar answers and says as follows. says that I'll say, try to say it as simple as possible, and that, uh, that every animal and every, not just animals, even the, the, the you know, Shemayim, Aretz, the heaven and the earth, everything has its own specific strengths. But says the desire that a person is all encompassing, he encompasses all the strengths of all those creations. The, a lot of all these creations, these great creations, even angels, Malachim, they have, they have their unique strengths. But a person encompasses all of them. A person is the he has all those strengths inside him. So says says the says the very that that works both ways. That works for the good and for the bad. I mean, a man could be as strong as a lion, or could be as lazy as a koala and sleep for I don't know what is nineteen hours a day, right? He could he could he has both of them inside of him. He has the good the good and the not such good powers inside of him. 
He's, he, 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 could, he could do either one, so that's all we find. That, that's the answer to his question. That's why we find this distinction between the purity of a person and of animals. Animals, they're just the way they are. They have their one strength, their one thing, their one attribute, and that's it. They're set for life. They're done. So either they're good or they're bad. No, either they're good or they're bad. So either, so, so you can have a, a, a you know, a, a carcass, you know, he dies fine. So he's, so he's, so he's impure, but it's not going to change. It's not going to change. You have a rodent. So the rodent has whatever it is, whatever reason why it's impure. We have to get into that now. Whatever reason it's impure. So it's done for life. Yeah, it's, it's impure. But a person is always in flux. A person's always changing. A person can always, a person can have the wisdom of an angel one day. And the next day he could be the opposite. Right. And, he, you know, you can definitely see that. <clears throat> and he, and he, Continues by saying that the Sefer Ikram, the Sefer Ikram was written about uh, 500 years ago, about Barabbas, although it's a, one of the main, the main swarm, the main on, on the Emuna, on, on faith and the ideas, what we believe in. And he asked the question like this there's something called Parakshira. Parakshira is basically the praises that the animals and creation, not just animals, the heaven and earth is there too, right, give to Hashem. And the Chazal tell us, or sages tell us that. When a person, a person that says this every day, says Parakshir, says all the praises that the animals say, gets a free pass into El Amaba. The team says he's been El Amaba. So asks the Sefer Ikram, why? I mean, you know, just uh, say, say, say the Parakshir, say it every day, you're good to go. El Amaba, it's easy, right? What's going on? So the Sefer, so he answers, and based on what we just said, he says that every animal or every part of creation has its own individual strength and its own individual purpose and its own individual praise to Hashem. A person is all-encompassing. He includes everything, all the praises. Sometimes when a person's all-encompassing, he could lose the, the he could lose focus of the specifics, the specific praises. Even though he has them all inside of him, he could lose focus. And the purpose of Parakshira is to look, is not just to say it. Is to look at what these animals or what these parts of creation have and say, this is inside of me too. This is also my job and use that to praise Hashem. The, the Shla says that the word Adam, the word Adam has two roots. One of them, I think we all know, is an Adama. He's from the ground. He's, he's dirt. He's nothing. He's dirt. The Shla says there's another root. There's another church. And that is Adam el Elyon. I can be compared to the one above. I can be compared to God. I can be compared to Hashem. A person has that in him, that he could either be dirt one day, he could be a dirt, he could be dirt, or he could be compared to Hashem. That is the strength, and that is the kaitas of a person. Now, if we don't understand, with this understanding, we're going to understand a lot of things. I'm not going to go through all of them now, but this is a fundamental understanding that we must have if we're going to approach a lot of things in Yiddish and I'll just say one of them. It's Lauren Chavez says, Van Veyu. This is my Hashem and Van Veyu, and I will be on Veyu. What does that mean? The Gemara says that on Veyu, I will be compared to him. I'll be like him. I'll be like Hashem. Just like he's merciful, I'll be merciful. Just like he's Hanan, I'll be Hanan. Right? We, we, we. So, I mean, we heard from Rebecca how Mrs. Garfinkel had a leave tight. Right, that's a that's a good meter that comes from being done with Hashem. How, how does a person do that? If we're not going to understand this, how does a person? Well, I'm just a person. If I'm just like a regular guy, if how, if how we look at ourselves is the truth, that we're just people, we're just whatever. 
How could he be that? How could I even have, how could the Gemara even say words like, I'm going to be compared to Hashem? Hashem is way up here. I'm way down here. What, 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 what shyness do I have? What, how could I have any connection to Hashem? How could the Gemara tell me to, be, to compare myself to Hashem? The, now, yeah, a real life example over here. I have to tell you, I'm coming, I'm not from St. Louis. And I have to tell you, you know, St. Louis people, you guys, you're not normal. You're just, you're just not normal. I'll tell you, you know, you come home for a smack in the middle of the day. Robert Greenblatt says, learn an hour, the Swiss, the Jews of Ukraine, and you have a pack-based measures. Is there such a thing? Is that a regular person, just a person could do that? Could just a person uh, from the Rav, could he inspire his community to do that? Could the community get, could a regular community of just regular people, what we consider regular people, all of a sudden have such a love for Tyra and sit there and smack in the middle of the most busy day of the year, besides maybe the Arab Pesach, right? It's just drop everything and go learn for an hour Pack-based measures. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Regular people, what we call regular people, can't do that. I was a Talmud of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Shiva, where Shmuel Kamenetsky is Rosh Shiva, and I didn't. Something else about it. I didn't really understand Yiddish so well then, and maybe not so much now. But I'll try to say it over. I didn't. He used to speak every Shal show this, which Shmuel Kamenetsky should know. And he used to say, I didn't understand almost anything that he said, but he used to say one line over and over again. So I finally figured out what he meant. He said, he said like this, he says, the base plus the Kaitas from the mention is, as the Kaitas from the mention is, as I can He said this over and over again. What it means in English is, do you know what the power, what the strength of a person is? The strength of a person is that he could do anything. Now, Shul wasn't a pep talk person. I mean, he isn't a pep talk person. Per se, he he felt he feels like, and he, I'm assuming he still says the same chosen, um, or you know different ones, but with the same uh, theme that it's extremely important, it's integral for us to understand our strengths. It's famous for Biruchal Mavatzim, famed Mashiach used to say that also another Yiddish expression that is much better in Yiddish. I'll try to say it um, in, in English a little bit. Is that you know, a person who doesn't know his his flaws? Well. Whoa, you know, oi. Yeah, oi. English translation to oi. No. Okay, oi. Yeah, oi. But a person who doesn't know his mildest, a person who doesn't know his strengths, his, his attributes, oi, bavoi, double whoa. Whatever. Okay, but you get the point, right? So it's <sighs> integral that we understand this. Um, my English teacher in Philly, going back to Philly, my English teacher, my history teacher, used to say every year the same story. Of course, we just felt say it over again. Whatever, we got out of a class that way. But he said over this story like this it was apparently there was a manager for the Yankees, Casey Stengel. I don't know if anyone knows of him, the Cardinals, I don't know. But yeah, Casey Stengel. And there was a story he used to say like this Casey Stengel had a lot of what we call joking cops, a lot of hang ups. And one of his hang ups was, you know, a little bit of a serious individual, one of his hang ups was, he did not like rookie players. He didn't like the new ones. He liked the old players, you know, the players that, you know, were caught on steroids, whatever. I mean, the older players, right? He liked all the older players. He didn't like the new backs. So there was one time in a novice reporter who was, had the misfortune of not knowing this. And there was a group of reporters, and he raised his hand, thinking, you know, he's going to make something of himself. He said, Mr. Stengel, Mr. Stengel. And the, um, Mr. Stengel said, yes. He said, um, 
Well, did you see that rookie? He hit such a good, he's hitting so well. Don't you think he has such great potential? The room is silent. 20 seconds, Mr. Stengel's looking at the guy. The guy doesn't know what he did wrong. He just knows that he's better, you know. So Mr. Stengel tells him, asks him, young man, do you know what potential means? And I guess at that point, he had to say, well, to be quiet. And he said, uh, no, Mr. Stengel, please uh, teach me, enlighten me. And Mr. Single said, potential means you ain't seen nothing yet. So we could have all this potential, but it has to be used. It must be used. We can have all these, we can talk about all these mystical things that we have the power of angels and that, all these things. It must be used and we have to realize it. That's just realize it and use it. And I'm going to say something controversial, um, I think, or maybe it's not so controversial, but I think looking around this room, I think every person in here could become a great person. Every person can become a great person. Every person can become a Ben Tyra, a person that carries their life. Every person in the room. And it's just sometimes we sell ourselves short. And we say, like, what am I? Oh, I'm, I'm going to dabble Havana. Oh, what am I? Yeah, I'll just whatever. I'm going to sit by a case I'll say there and think about Mitzrayim. Who am I? I'm just a guy. I'm just an American guy. I'm just like, it's not true. When the Yitzhar next time, when, when the Yitzhar comes and tells you that, you tell him, you know who I am? I'm an Adam. I'm an Adam La Ali. Turn me off, no? <laughs> 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 <laughs>